this is Jen, and you're listening to Paradox, a Mage the Ascension podcast. These bite-sized episodes are designed to get you up to speed and comfortable with Mage the Ascension rules and concepts. Reread the books so you don't have to, though we do recommend it. Without further ado, welcome to Paradox. Welcome back to Episode 8, I'm the Voice in Your Head, or a deep dive into the Mind Sphere. Today we're continuing our in-depth examination of spheres with another fairly simple-to-understand sphere, the Mind Sphere. Mind is the ultimate coincidental art, as M20 says, and mind-savvy mages possess mental clarity and unnerving perceptiveness as they alter the reality of their fellow human beings. Its effects remain essentially invisible unless they're combined with other spheres and can be used both offensively and defensively, though in terms of its physical capabilities, the mind sphere is fairly limited to bashing damage unless there are specific mentions of an effect doing lethal or aggravated, such as when combining mind and prime. I love the mind sphere, but it does require a particular type of creativity. Of course, one could do straight damage to another person, think Professor X directly attacking a mind with telepathy, or some sort of psionic blast, but the best use of mind is in the subtle manipulation of situations, and the key word there is subtle. If you succeed a role, it doesn't really matter exactly what was said or how it was said or done, but if you fail, now you have to explain why you were brazenly ordering the head of the FBI to kill your mother, and things get awkward. If, however, you were implanting murderous thoughts over time as you told stories about your absolutely abusive mother, well, who's to say they didn't just crack under the pressure, you know? Offensive mind effects, those that read or influence another character's mental state, against a single target base their difficulties on the target's willpower trait rather than against the usual coincidental vulgar spectrum, with a base difficulty of 4, even if the target's willpower is below 4. Drastic acts of mind control, such as those that put the target in grave danger, and mind-based attacks against other mages and the collective nightfolk, aka vampires, werewolves, ghosts, and other supernatural or paranormal creatures of the earthly plane, are at a plus three difficulty above the target's willpower. Unwilling creatures who are aware of the attack may also try to oppose with a contested willpower roll in a sort of mental dodge, rolling their own willpower at a difficulty of six, their full amount of willpower, regardless of whether any have been spent, and subtract those successes from the aggressor's role. Whoever has successes left wins the contest. However, if the creature is unaware, they experience the full effect, yet another argument for exceptional subtlety when casting mind effects. For attacks against multiple targets, the difficulty is based on the usual coincidental, vulgar, and vulgar with witnesses scenarios more often landing on the coincidental side of things, depending on how the mage goes about their effect. As always, mind one is about perceptions, but in this case, it's about the perception of others' minds, such as emotions and surface impulses, like mood shifts and whether someone is telling the truth. Additionally, with mind one, you can shield your own mind, boost a mental trait by empowering yourself, or multitask and absorb information quickly, cutting down the time it takes to learn something. Mind 2 allows you to read basic surface thoughts, read memories that have been left behind on objects or places, or project single words or emotional impulses to others. Mind 3 allows you to forge telepathic communications, dive for the deeper mental thoughts of others and influence them, enter someone's dreams, 
or send pain directly into someone's mind. Mind four is when you can begin controlling another person's conscious mind, straight up alter their perceptions or project your own mind from your physical form, otherwise known as astral projection. You can change someone's memories or condition them to act in certain ways after certain triggers. A master of mind at mind five, you can alter others' minds forever by rewriting personalities, raising or lowering traits, or changing someone's nature. You can also untether your own mind to go exploring the depths of the astral realm through astral projection, or you can fabricate entire minds. When starting out as a mind mage, a common technique is called no mind, where one works to empty their thoughts, much like meditation. As one grows in the sphere, they can delve into the complexities of mental patterns and sift through thoughts with little effort. As an archmage, by Arete 6, they can do both at once. Thought and its absence are just like shadow and light. They can think and not think simultaneously. Mind 6 allows a mage to delve into past lives, find amazing insights, and remember ancient wisdom. They can reach into the web of all minds and tap into the wisdom contained in all avatars. As a note, one's avatar generally persists through time, unless specifically destroyed, and imbues future mages. So even if a mage doesn't believe in past lives, chances are their avatar has been around the block a few times. Mechanically, this effect gives the mage access to the past lives background. Upon reaching mind 7, the archmage can reprogram his own avatar by imprinting thoughts, memories, and impulses. The avatar will then carry those images into later lives and seekings. Archmages with Mind 8 understand the true insignificance of mental achievement in attaining ascension, as the process of thinking is not nearly so important as the state of being. The mage gains precise control over their actions and emotions and is no longer subject to states of emotional turbulence. They can remove specific mental flaws from themselves or others, and they can use quintessence to refresh willpower. Mind 9, or One Mind, gives an archmage access to all minds. They can understand the inner workings of all minds around them and can open their own consciousness to a realm of total intuition. Their mind pattern is no longer tied to their life pattern and they no longer require a body. And of course, there is no write-up for any sphere at the 10th level because the idea is that if a mage reaches 10 dots of Arete, that is when they ascend to whatever comes next. To speak of specialties again, do consider how your mage has been using the sphere and magic in general to determine a specialty if or when you reach Arete 4 and take it fourth dot in the mind sphere. Some specialties include communication, illusion, emotion, social programming, mind shielding, psychic combat, psychodynamics, or self-empowerment. Now that that is all out of the way, time to talk about some of the things you can do with just the mind sphere. As with the other spheres we've discussed, this is obviously not everything that you can do with the sphere, but hopefully it will provide ideas. With Mind 1, you can sense the minds around you, even if their bodies are invisible. You can put up a mind shield to keep others from invading your mind. You could boost a mental trait of your own. You can make multitasking easier or speed up your brain's processing time. In fact, the virtual depths have perfected a rote called subprocess, where you allocate a small part of your mind to perform a certain task, and then you forget about it until the subprocess is finished. This can be used to hide information from yourself or to plant reminders, and you can use time one in conjunction with that for a timed subprocess. You can perceive psychic impressions about a person and read strong resonance signatures, or even guess at weaker ones. You can tell truth from lies. You can scan auras and discern colors and textures. 
Take a look at the chart in M20, page 507, for a general list. And remember that they can be combined as necessary to depict someone more complex. You can conceal or shift your own aura, and you can determine mood shifts or discern someone's overall state of mind, though you can't know their exact emotional state. With Mind 2, you can read someone's surface thoughts. You can read memories that have been left behind on objects or in places. You can project single words like RUN! or emotional impulses to others, such as a flash of fear or rage. The simpler the emotional content, the easier it is to send or receive. More complex ones require more successes. You can hit someone with a blast of negative emotion to cause distraction and doubt. You can amplify your own presence in any given situation, making yourself the center of attention. You can send a quick impulse to have someone screw up socially, like laugh at a funeral or sneeze in someone's face. You can double the amount of pain someone feels from an injury. Mechanically, you would double the wound penalties, but only for as long as the effect lasts. You can also suggest someone sleeps. Mind 4 will actually allow you to compel someone to sleep. Mind 3 is when you can forge a telepathic link. You can read someone else's deeper thoughts. You can influence those deeper thoughts or influence their surface thoughts with more subtlety so they don't realize those thoughts are coming from outside of themselves. Like the concept of intrusive thoughts, if you're familiar with that. You can craft mental illusions, though these can be seen through with a successful willpower rule. You can enter someone's dreams or explore dream realms. There is a background called domain, basically your own personal memory palace, which is a dream realm. Without Mind 3, you can still utilize the background, and you may take the ability lucid dreaming to have created it yourself. However, with Mind 3, you can go to your domain and then use that as a starting point to access other dream realms or the rest of the astral realms. With Mind 3, you can also pull someone who is already asleep into your domain, potentially with a contested willpower roll. They roll their willpower and you roll yours, winner take all. Only if they wish to resist, though. With Mind 4, you can pull conscious people in, again with a contested willpower roll if they would prefer not to. As a side note, there is a concept in Mage called Quiet, which is basically magical insanity. It's a form of paradox backlash where you go into your own personal reality. And marauders are a type of mage who are stuck there and cause chaos around them because they are stuck in their own little personal reality. But if you have your own domain and you go into Quiet, you have a chance to get trapped in your own domain which is at least familiar territory, and you have a chance to get out of it, rather than just waiting for the paradox backlash to resolve. You can also, with Mind 3, blast psychic assaults, so cause painful, though rarely fatal, damage. You can dampen the interest in yourself and make yourself invisible to minds, but not electronics. You can also cause someone's train of thought to disappear, leaving them confused and disoriented. At Mind 4, you can command another's actions as well as their thoughts. You can alter another's perceptions or their mental state. You can astral project and explore the astral realm, or change someone's memories, or even successfully gaslight someone without much effort. Just make them think that they're seeing things one way and tell them that they're crazy. And obviously it's not that way, because it's not, because you can put it in their head. <laughs> you can drive someone to the brink of insanity or past or nudge them back from that edge. And if you do that to a mage, you can potentially help them into or out of quiet. Though as quiet is a specific paradox effect, there may be additional challenges or your storyteller may not allow it. 
You can overlay an aura with what you want it to say, good or bad. Or you could set up post-hypnotic suggestions and commands. There's a whole section on social conditioning and reprogramming. In M20, it's page 605 to 607. And this is an optional rule, mostly utilized in games from a technocratic point of view, but can be useful if that is a direction your mage or technocrat is going in. Finally, at Mind 5, you can raise or lower others' mental traits, or possibly their charisma or manipulation, depending on your storyteller, since those could be arguably affected by altering the mind. You could rewrite someone's personality, change their nature or demeanor. You could explore the deeper recesses of the astral realm. Or create entire consciousnesses. You might need Prime to make this permanent, but you could create a mind. Mind magic is also fantastic when it's combined with other spheres. So with Mind 3, you can use correspondence, forces, or life to influence objects, elements, or people with your mind, such as telekinesis, pyrokinetics, or psychophysical assaults. At Mind 5, you can add Life 4 to switch your mind into another body. You can add Life or Prime to a mind attack and cause lethal or aggravated damage instead of bashing. You can use Mind 1 and either Matter or Forces 1 to absorb information via osmosis. Matter for printed materials or Forces for electronic. You can detect disinformation using Mind 1, Entropy 1, and often either Correspondence 3 and or Time 2. You can use Mind 2, Matter 2, and Prime 2 to imbue an area with emotion to affect anyone who may enter that area. You can use Mind 2, Life 2 in order to make someone interpret all pain as pleasure. Mind 2 combined with Entropy and Correspondence will allow a mage to expand their mind in all directions, protecting themselves from ambushes. Mind 2, Entropy 1 allows you to curse a victim to see the entropy within everything, including themselves. It reveals weaknesses in the victim to the victim, usually through the use of a reflective surface like a mirror. Mind 2 combined with Time 1 distorts the sense of time in a particular person. Bump it up to Time 2 and add Entropy 2 and now you can remove the sense of time entirely from a target. Use Mind 3 and Correspondence 2 and overload a target with images, causing a mental overload. Combine Mind, Level 1 for yourself or Level 3 for someone else, and Entropy 2 to make one unable to understand anything spoken or written. This can shield against supernatural powers that rely on the target understanding, or simply cause chaos and problems. Mind 3 and Life 3 will allow a mage to suffer no mental or physical penalties for being roaring drunk, though they may still lack good judgment. Mind 3 and Prime 2 allows you to create a dream from scratch. Mind 3 and Entropy 1 spots the psychological weaknesses in a target. Mind 3, Entropy 2, Time 2, and Correspondence 3 can all combine and gather all known information about a subject. This is often used by the technocracy to gather a psychological profile through a lengthy process in order to predict what the target might do, as well as when or where they may do it, in order to intercept them. Mind 3 and Correspondence 2 will allow you to see through someone else's eyes, though not control them, as you would need life for that as well. Mind 3, Prime 2, and Spirit 1 allows you to see someone else's avatar. As I've stated repeatedly, mind magic is often inherently coincidental, but as with all magic, it truly depends on how you're going about your effects. So consider the situation, and remember that mind magic is often more vulgar in the middle of combat when you feel pressured, distracted, or you're simply trying to think quickly so you may take shortcuts. But if your opponent is also distracted, 
you can play around with the situation a little more, especially if you don't require eye contact or conversation to cast your effects. That sort of situation is why it's important to consider your mage's paradigm, or more broadly, focus, as it's called in M20, but we'll get to that in a couple of episodes. If you've only ever done mind magic by, say, hypnotizing someone, you're going to have a lot of trouble utilizing that in the middle of a firefight. But, as I'm often reminded, one of the best routes for mind is to pull out a huge wad of cash and pay someone to simply leave the fight. With some magical encouragement, of course. Completely coincidental. So if you're playing a mind-focused mage, consider what you can do in all situations when you figure out how your mage does their magic and what their ultimate belief system is. You've been listening to Paradox, a Mage the Ascension podcast, and you can find us wherever you can find podcasts. If actual plays are up your alley, check out Dorktales on twitch.tv dorktales or youtube.com dorktales. Find us on the Dorktales Discord server, or check out our website at dorktales.ca. We are currently streaming a Mage the Victorian era game on Saturdays. Our Patreon subscribers have early access to the Technocracy Zero Sum game, which is also starting to roll out on YouTube for the general public. And we have several Mage one-shots and a short-run chronicle called Breaking Tradition on YouTube. Additionally, we are starting to roll out our Mage the Victorian era game in podcast form over on the Dorktales Podbean channel, also found wherever you can find podcasts. Finally, as always, there's also all of our other amazing content. Thanks for listening, and remember to always keep your magic coincidental, unless it's fireball. <laughs>